Welcome to the Citizens Youth Sermon Podcast. We are a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church and a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit nwgospel.com slash citizens. All right, do we have any high schoolers in the room? Where are my high schoolers at? Come, I said, where are my high schoolers at? You know, that's always the difference between middle schoolers, right? Middle schoolers, they know they're in middle school and they're proud. It's like, where's my middle schoolers? I'm right here! You know? And then you're in high school. I'm like, I'm here! Is this cool anymore? Why is it that when you become a freshman, there's like this deep insecurity that sets in? How many of you guys know what I'm talking about, right? You're like, I want to dress up for Halloween. Am I allowed? I want to play games at camp. Is that okay? <laughs> you know? So where are my high schoolers at? Yeah, you don't need to be insecure here. We love you guys. We are who we are. And we are. So um, my name is Sam. I'm the youth pastor here. Uh, I see some new faces. If I have not met you yet, uh, stop by. Let's talk. After the gathering, we'd love to meet you, get to know your face, touch your face, and um, just see your face. Really, just, I want your face. So uh, we're glad that you're here. Uh, that video was super tight. So on Sunday mornings at 9.30, our high schoolers are going through a class called Apologetics. And apologetics is learning how to defend your faith, learning how to answer hard questions about your faith. And as a matter of fact, tonight at Citizens Youth, tonight we're going to be looking at one of those hard questions. We're going to be looking at one of those hard questions. How many of you here would say that you are familiar with the concept of evil? Okay. Is evil something that you guys talk about a lot as a culture? You look at evil, right? How, uh, I think this is on. Tell me if I'm, maybe I'm not clicked on my thing there, but okay. Have you ever seen evil in the world? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. How do you feel? When you see evil in the world, what do you think? Like what happens, what happens in here? What is that gut level feeling that you have? When you and your friends are at the cafeteria and you're talking about that crazy thing that happened on the news last night and you realize, man, that is evil. Where does your mind go? Evil. Evil, it's a funny concept, simple definition. Evil is profoundly immoral and wicked. Profound immorality, profound wickedness. And you see, as a culture, I think we're super familiar with the concept of evil, you know? You don't have to go into a philosophy classroom. You don't have to read a crazy thick textbook. Evil is all around us. And so this year I went to the movies, you know, and... Um, we see it in the movie theaters. Anybody? No spoiler, spoiler alerts here, but this is Star Wars Episode Nine. There's the spoiler. And so you have a dude in the movie, right? And he is pure evil. This guy, let me put it in context for you, because, you know, it's Disney and it's like, you know, fake. So we go, oh, that's not, that's, that's no big deal. This guy literally destroys entire planet populations. This is a guy who has murdered billions of people with a laser and has exploded their planet. And again, because it's sci-fi and it's lasers, we go, oh, huh, right? We watch, you know, Thanos and talk about cosmic genocide. What, the guy on the left is wiping out billions on their planet. The guy on the right is going bigger than planets. He wants to wipe out 50% of the universe's population by snapping his finger. That's evil. That's evil. Good thing it's just a movie, right? Good thing mass genocide and hatred. Is, good thing it's just a movie, right? Oops. 
we realize it's based on real figures. And we look in our history books and we see that this hatred for people, this desire to murder hundreds of thousands of people that actually happened. You have Hitler, right? You have Saddam Hussein. These are the epitome of evil men. You don't have to look in your history textbooks. You turn on the news and what happened this week? Another terrorist bombing. Right? I, I can't even believe you guys weren't even born yet, but I remember where I was when my dad turned on the TV and I saw that an organization had ran an airplane into a group of human beings. That's evil. Blowing up school buses full of children, public transportation, and you're, that's evil turn on the news every week and you see another trial, right? And this guy, he murdered a dozen people before he was even caught. Now he's standing on trial and he's hearing the things read to him. You've murdered X. You've murdered Y. You've murdered Z. And their family members are sitting in the audience weeping because they will never see their son again because of that man. That's evil. It's even more evil when you turn on the news the next day and what if you found out that that guy was declared innocent? He's going home. He just got off scot-free. How do you guys feel about that? What do you think about that kind of injustice? Man, you're just trying to mind your own business. So you wake up in the morning, you pour your Cheerios, you pull out the, the, the newspapers, and right there on my grocery coupons, I'm just trying to coupon, bruh. I'm trying to save a few dollars. And what do I come across? Have you seen me? Look at the dates on that. Little boys missing since 1971 and 1969. They're 43 and 44, and their parents are still putting ads in the newspaper. Have you seen my child? I haven't seen Chipley since he was eight, and today would be his 43rd birthday. That's wrong. That's wrong. And so maybe you're like, dude, I'm just trying to mind my own business. I'm going to jump on social media and I just want to connect with some people. I just want to look at some TikToks and waste my life and laugh. But how many of you know that you can't even jump on social media to connect with your friends without being bombarded by evil, right? You see people who are TikTok famous and they're posting the most ridiculous things in the world. And inside of you, you go, that, I, I feel like what they're doing is wrong, but it's on social media, so it must be okay. You read your friend's post or your friend's videos and you hear about the junk that they're going through in their life and the pain and the suffering that they are experiencing. And you go, man, that's wrong. How many of you are familiar with evil? In a few weeks, it's gonna be February. And as an entire nation, we have declared February to be Black History Month. Because we are too familiar with evil so that we as a nation have decided that one month a year, we will look back at the evil that was in our own history. We will look at the objects in our rearview mirror that are much closer than they appear so that we don't repeat it. Guys, it's evil. Now I understand some of you are in here and you go, Sam, I don't need to turn on the news. I don't need to read a history book. I don't even need to jump on social media to look for evil. I know evil in my own life. And there are some of you in here, man, who have experienced injustice. I know your stories. There are some of you in here who have experienced what it's like to be mercilessly bullied. You know what it's like to have the most 
destructive gossip thrown around you behind your back. Some of you in here, you know what it's like to be seriously mistreated. Some of you in here know what it's like to be abused. And if that's you, student, let me just say, talk to an adult that you can trust. Talk to any one of us in this room. We love you. We are here for you. And you've experienced evil. And so whether it's the news, whether it's a textbook, whether it's your own life, whether it's your timeline, whether it's your TikTok feed, what do you say when you see evil? What inside of you makes you want to scream that that is wrong? You see, when I look at evil, I have a question. I'm gonna be super honest with you, okay? This is a question that I have felt, I have heard it, I have felt it. When I look at evil, I say, what's God gonna do about it? What does God think about the evil in our world? Like, bro, if I'm getting angry and pained and grieved at the presence of evil, what is God's response? Does God even care? Like, is God even phased by all of the injustice in our world? Come on, citizens, youth. Come on, Christians. If he cares about evil and injustice, injustice, then why doesn't he do something? How many of you ever heard this? Right? How many of you ever heard people say this, right? Now, don't raise your hand, but how many of you have ever thought this? How many of you have ever wondered in your heart, if God is good, if God is who he says he is, then why is there so much evil in our world? Now, this is where I'm going to talk to you, okay? Because this is where we're going tonight. You and I, we both, we cry out for vengeance. But we don't always see the big picture. You and I cry out for vengeance, but we don't always see it the way that it happens. We don't always, it doesn't always happen in the timeline that we have in our mind. But there's a little story that I want to tell you about. There's a little story, and it's addressed to a man named Obadiah. And in Obadiah, we are going to find some answers to this question. Now, I'm not talking about like, where is God? What is God going to do about the evil? And then you know how people give you like tired cliches? You just got to let go and let God. What? He's a murderer. What do you mean let go and let God? What is God going to do about this evil? You know, you just got to have more faith. What? That's not an answer. That's a cliche, okay? That is shallow. But in the book of Obadiah, we're not getting tired cliches or tired whatever. Guys, we are going to get true answers that are going to satisfy your thirst for vengeance, that are going to satisfy your thirst for justice. And we see it in this little book. It's one chapter long called Obadiah. And so I want to tell you just for a few moments, I want to tell you the story of Obadiah because we're going to be in this for the next uh, four weeks. Everybody say Obadiah. No, no, you got to say it much more like, you know, like Bible. Say Obadiah. Not bad. Let me see the eyebrows one more time. I need a little bit of like piety. And they're like, Obadiah. Not bad. Not bad. We're going to work on that. We got four weeks. But in the story of Obadiah, we're going to see Israel. Everybody say Israel. Very good. So Israel, like kind of like in America, there's a north and a south, right? And so by this time, by the time we get to Obadiah, the northern kingdom, everybody do this, Dame Lillard style. Everybody go bye-bye, bye-bye. The northern, the northern kingdom is already gone. 
About 150 years ago, an army came in, plundered them, made them slaves, shipped them off. And now all that's left is, where's my boy? All that's left is Judah. Come on, Judah, you're the last man standing. Come on, Private Ryan. Everybody say, hi, Judah. So Judah's here. Israel's gone. Everybody say, bye-bye. Israel's gone, but Judah's here. But we have a problem. Because Judah is not going to fare much better than Israel because Judah has an army coming from the north right into his backyard. I said he has an army coming from the north. An army, ferocious army. I can't see the name. So an army from Babylon. Everybody say, ooh. So, so Israel is, bye-bye. Judah's last man standing, and here comes Babylon. Ooh. Now Judah's not going to turn and fight, right? Look at him. I mean, just look at this guy, right? He's not going to turn and fight a whole army. And so Judah does the only thing that any of us noble people would do. He runs, <laughs> okay? And so Judah is going to run, but where can he run? Where can he turn to and not get destroyed? Well, good thing Judah has a brother down in Edom. Everybody say, ah. Babylonian army? Ooh. Edom. Very good. Now see, Edom, dap up, dap up, right? Dap up. Edom and Judah, they have some history, right? Because they're brothers. Judah came came from Jacob. Edom came from Esau. Jacob and Esau were? They were more than brothers. They were twin brothers. And so just like any siblings, there was some history there. There was some bad blood. But God told Judah, never go to war against Edom. Treat him like your brother because he is your brother. Okay? And so Judah turns to Edom as his last hope. And so I want you to imagine this story. You have Judah. You have a Babylonian army on his heels. Edom looks out, sees Judah coming, and Judah's saying, help me. Judah's saying, help me. Thank you. <laughs> Judah is saying, help me, Edom. You're not Judah. <laughs> you are. All right. Oh, snap. That is Judah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and we're done. Let's pray. Uh, no, so, so this Judah is screaming, help me. And so when Edom sees Judah running, Edom calls for his army. Everybody say, ah. And so I want you to imagine it. How is Judah feeling? Judah is running. Edom, help me. Army, 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 right? And when he sees the army, he's going, yes, they're coming to my defense. Yes, they're coming to save me. And you guys can imagine what's going to happen, right? They're going to run past Judah, fight off his enemies, and they're going to take him into Edom and help him escape, right? That's what you would think. So let's, let's play the tape. Edom, help me. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help That got real violent. Oh, snap. That was happening. That was happening. Whoa, wait. So you're the Edom army, though, and you're the... Babylon army, are you guys, you know each other? What? Did you see that coming? Judah 
ran to his brother Edom. And in the moment where Edom should have helped his brother escape from the army, he said, we can benefit from this. And women and children and old people and young people, all of the people who were running, thinking that they had just reached safety, had run into a slaughter by their own brother. The Edomite army murdered them, took them captive. This is supposed to be a leash, right? Made them slaves and sold them. And they came over to the Babylonian army and they say, let's just split the profits 50-50, you take the people. It's kind of funny, we have a little skit up here, ha ha, we're teenagers. But like on the real, that's wrong. To imagine all those people thinking that they were running into safety and instead they ran into a slaughter. Guys, that is wrong. To think that Edom betrayed his own blood, his own people, his, his, his brother, his twin brother for some money. That's wrong. And so the question that I have, the question that you have when you see this, is the same question you have when you turn on the news, when you look at TikTok, when you, when you look at the history books, when you look at your friend's situation, the question that you and I both have is what is God gonna do about it? Guys, good job, thank you very much. Turn him, return him to somewhere that's not slavery. So what is God gonna do about this story? How does God respond to evil like we just saw? How does God respond to evil, especially when it's to his own people? These are questions that you ask. These are questions that you're going to be asked to. These are questions your friends are thinking about. And so here's what I'm gonna show you today. God is going to address this situation. And look what he does. Most of these books right here, do you know who they're written to? Stand up, buddy. Stand up. You know who they're written to, most of these books? They're written to? Most of the books in the Old Testament are written to God's people. But when God sees what just went down, he was like, come here. I'm going to talk to you. Come here. I'm going to talk. And he raises up a prophet named Obadiah. And he says, Obadiah, most of the time I'm sending my prophets to, you, to our people. Go to Edom right now. Because I'm, I'm going to go. 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 But God, I'm not. Go. I got a word for Edom. And we're about to see it. Thank you, buddy. Are you guys ready for this? Are you guys ready for Obadiah? How many of y'all want to get your Obadiah on? You guys got four weeks for a dance competition. Whoever can come up with the best dance and call it the Obadiah, we're going to do it all winter camp long, okay? You got the whoa, the whip, the nene, the Obadiah, the Obadodo, the Obadodo. Obadodo. All right, I'm gonna let you work on it, all right? We're gonna start with the Obadodo, but here we go. Here we go. I think God is okay with me renaming some of the books. They're just nicknames. I'm sorry, Obadiah. All right, here we go. Here we go. Starting in verse one. Open up your Bibles right now. How? What? You guys don't have your Bibles open yet? That's on me. That's on me. I should have told you. Open up your Bibles to the book of Obadiah. From now on, eyes up here. If you come to citizens without a Bible, first of all, don't do that. Second of all, right at this table, wave. Everybody say, oh, that's a Bible. And so really quick, for those of you who are new, here's what we're going to do. We're going to come. We're going to open the Bible. We're going to read just like a little, little piece, just like a little piece. 
and we're just going to explain what it means. And then we're going to explain why do middle schoolers need to know that story? Why do high schoolers, Cameron, need to know that story, right? And so that's what we're going to do right now. In the book of Obadiah, starting in verse 1, if you're ready, say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Say, Obadodo. Oh, All right, here we go. Verse 1. <clears throat> verse 1. The vision of Obadiah. Thus says the Lord God concerning... We have heard a report from the Lord, and a messenger has been sent among the nations. Rise up. Let us rise against her for battle. Behold, I will make you small among the nations. You shall be utterly despised. All right, so check this out. Let's pause right there. What Edom did to their brothers is not a secret. What Edom did to their brothers, we find out here that God saw it all. God saw all of the evil that Edom did, and we see, number one, that God is rising up to step into the situation. God is rising up to step into the situation. You see, Obadiah, he has a vision. And so imagine the vision with me. Let me paint a picture. He has a vision of heaven, and in the heavenly throne room is God, okay? And God is making an announcement, to all of the angels, to all of the heavenly hosts. He is making an announcement in all of his might, in all of his majesty, with the biggest, most angry voice he has. He is making an announcement. And it is the kind of announcement that if you hear God make it, you will poop your pants. God is making the announcement that he is going to war. God is making an announcement that he is going to war. I want you to imagine something. I need this for a second. I want you to imagine that you're a bully, okay? You're like, I am a bully. Don't tell me that, okay? We're just pretending. I want you to pretend that you're a bully, and you go to school, and you start pushing this kid around, right? And you're just like pushing him. And you just push him. You're just doing like the, hey, Micah, stand up, right? You're just doing like the, the, like the oh, the, oh, sorry, bruh. Did I get you? <laughs> right? Because that's how bullies talk. Thank you. And so you're bullying a kid. You're pushing him around. But one thing leads to another, and it just starts escalating and escalating. And every day you're getting a little bit more bold. And before you know it, you are straight up giving this kid a beat down on the daily. You're pretty cool, huh? You're pretty cool. You're getting away with this one, right? Every day you're bullying this kid until you find out who his big brother is. And you didn't know this, right? Because everybody thought you were cool and they loved watching you bully this kid. And then one day your, your friend is like, bruh. And you're like, yeah, bruh. You're such a bully. He's like, I know. Isn't it cool? Yeah, it is. But, oh, yeah. I forgot to tell you. Did you know who that kid's big brother is? He's like, no. Probably a loser though, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. No. <laughs> Actually, his big brother is like the varsity wrestling captain. And he's like, Super ripped. And you start doing one of these things. You start going like, who, who's, who, 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 who's his brother? And he goes, it's like the varsity wrestling captain, that guy. And you look across the cafeteria. You make eye contact with the big brother. And the big brother does this. You guys are looking eye to eye. And the big brother does this. He rises up. How many of you know when that boy rises up, you better run? It gets worse. It gets worse, right? 
Big brother rises up, but then your knucklehead friend is like, bruh, that's crazy, huh? And you're like, yeah, why didn't you tell me? I don't know, it's hilarious. You're gonna die. <laughs> oh, wait, I forgot to tell you one more thing. You're like, what is it? He's like, I'll tell you right now. Do you know who his dad is? Is it a loser? <laughs> totally not. His dad is John Cena! And he is going to freaking suplex you! You look across the room and you see John Cena. And John Cena makes eye contact with you and he pulls one of these. John Cena! John freaking Cena pulls one of these. He goes, and he rises up. How many of you know that when that guy rises up, you better run? Guys, this is exactly what is happening in heaven, minus the, that would be tight though. You got like 50 angels. Dude, why not? I'm gonna put in a prayer request, okay? But check it out, check it out. This is exactly what happens. You were pushing this kid. You were pushing him and pushing him and pushing him, but you didn't realize that you were actually pushing his defender to action. And so this is what God is doing. This is a move to action. God, who is usually sitting on the throne, he says, rise up. God just pulled that. And he makes an announcement to all of heaven. He goes, let us rise for battle. And so the angel's like, oh yeah, I'm down for this. This is the host of heaven. And they're strapping up. They go, God, who's the enemy? God, who is on the opposite side of the chessboard? Who thinks that they can go to war against you? And he goes, this is concerning. Edom, send a messenger because it's going down. Tell your friend, tell the universe, this is going down. Students, listen to me right now. Every single one of you in this room have wondered, what is God going to do about it? What is God doing in heaven when he sees evil? What is God feeling in his, in his divine heart when he sees injustice? That's what he's doing right there. Because while we wonder at evil on earth, God is rising up in heaven. You look at your friend's situation. You look at the news. You look at evil. You read your history books. You go, where is God? What is God doing? Does he even care? And we, in this vision, we get a behind-the-scenes glimpse of exactly what God is doing. He's rising up. He rises up. He sees it, and he declares, I am going to war against evil. You want to see God's response to evil? Do you want to know how God feels about injustice? Just look at Edom. Look what he does in Edom, and you will know exactly how he feels about evil. But there's an even better spot, because your friends don't care about Edom. Most of you don't even know where Edom is, right? You're like, it's Jonah Castrocho. Yes, he represented symbolically Eden, Edom. But, but you really want to know God's reaction to evil. You really want to know how God feels about injustice? Don't just look at what he did at Edom. Look at what he did at Calvary. What was on Calvary? He rose up, on Cal he rose up in Edom, 
And he rose up in Calvary. He rose up right onto a cross. Students, there's a reason that the cross is the symbol of Christianity. You see, when I look at the cross, you know what I see about God? You know what I look at when I, when I, what I see when I look at the, the, the Roman torturing device known as a cross? I see just how much God hates sin and evil. God hates sin. God hates injustice so much that he will never let it go unpunished. That's why we have the cross. But you know what else I see at the cross? Not only does God hate sin and evil, but God loves you so much. Those of us in this room who actually are the ones committing the evil, yes, he's gonna punish evil, but on the other hand, he loves you so much so that when he sees evil, he's not gonna sweep it under the rug and go, I gotcha. What? You're gonna let the murderer go, God? What? You're gonna let the gossips go free? What? You're not gonna punish injustice? No, I'm gonna punish injustice. I hate sin so much that I'm gonna punish it, but I love you so much that when I pour out my wrath, I'm not gonna pour it on you. I'm gonna pour it on myself. That's the cross where God's justice and righteous anger against sin comes in perfect harmony with his love and grace for us. Guys, this is the gospel. Jesus came to pay the penalty for your sins so that you do not have to. Middle school students, look at me, please. Do you want Jesus to take your place? High school students, look at me, please. You need to understand, do you understand that God gave his son so that you would not have to pay the penalty of your sins? You can experience that. And in a world where middle school and high school students are walking around with a dirty conscience and you feel unclean and you're feeling guilty and you know that you'll never be better, the message of Christianity is not be better. The, the message of Christianity is look at what Jesus has done for you. Become a Christian. And I know you're all here in different areas of life and different journeys and some of you are learning, some of you are long-time, whatever you, whatever you are, become a Christian. Come to the Lord and see his mercy as he pours out his wrath and anger against evil on himself, on himself. Live for God in his family as a clean and forgiven child of God. That's what we're talking about here. When there is evil on earth, God is rising up in heaven. So let's review. True or false, Edom is evil. True, sorry, Jonah. What Edom did was super evil. So here's my question. How did they think they can get away with this? Think about that. How did Edom think that they can beat on God's son until he was black and blue and not think that they would have to face his father? Edom, what were you thinking? How did you, how did you think you were going to get away with this? How did you think you can commit such evil and injustice and just walk away rich? What were they thinking, guys? I'll tell you what. I know exactly why they did this. I know exactly why they thought they can get away with it. It's because they were deceived. They were blinded. And you know what was blinding them? You know what was blinding them? The same thing that blinds me and you very often. And we see it in the next verse. The pride of your heart has deceived you. 
You who live in the clefts of the rock, in your lofty dwelling, who say in your heart, who will bring me down to the ground? They thought they can get away with this because the pride of our heart blinds the eyes in our head. Listen to me. The pride in their heart blinds the eyes in their head. Edom, did you really think you can get away with this? Don't you see how evil this is? Don't you see how stupid this is? Don't you see what's going to happen if you beat on God's children? The answer is no, they don't see it because the, uh, the pride of their heart has blinded the eyes in their head. You see, they thought they can get away with this because they thought they were invincible. I'm gonna show you some pictures. I actually got to go, it was in 2011. So what is that, nine years ago now? That's math. Yes, it is. About nine years ago, I actually got to go and visit Edom, okay? And I now understand why they thought they were invincible. Let me show you some pictures, right? It says here that they live in the clefts of the rock. That's not poetry. That's for real. They literally built a city in the rocks. Like, Sam, that's impossible. That's what I thought. Let me show you. All right, so this is walking into the city. They literally built these like crazy routes in between the rock. So let's say you come with your army, right? Like gladiator style. Oh, that's not glad. What's that movie? Um, 300, but not the 300, like the Persian army. And you're like super wide and you're like, I'm invincible. And then you get to this little 99. And you go, we can only fit like three people at a time. Yes. And they, guess where the Edomites are? They're not standing there with a pool noodle. Go on guard. They're in little caves up on, along the wall, little perches and they're just mowing down armies. They are invincible. And then you get in there, right? And they literally built entire buildings. That's the treasury, right? They built this in honor of a dead king or something or other. He wasn't in there, I checked. But that's what they said it was for. They built them in the clefts of the rock, high up in a high elevation. No one had ever penetrated Edom. No one had ever broken in there and took their cookies. And so they thought, I'm invincible. I am untouchable. I have a fortress that goes high into the sky. So who will bring me down to the ground? That sounds like a t-shirt that most NFL teams would wear, right? This is like the ancient Near Eastern equivalent of like, can't touch this. Like, that's what they're saying. This is literally a taunt. I can do whatever I want. Who's going to touch me? I could do whatever I want. What are you going to do? Send your army after me? <laughs> That's cute. What are you going to do? I'm Edom. That's called pride. That sentence is the epitome of pride. Who can touch me here? I am the highest authority. I can decide what is right, is wrong, what is right and wrong and answer to no one. No one can touch me. You ever think like that? No, Sam, I would never say that out loud. I didn't say that. You ever think that? I remember what it was like to be 14 and flexing in the mirror, right? And I was like, who can bring me down to the ground? Eat him tattoo. No, I didn't do that. But like in our hearts of hearts, like you ever kind of think that? You would never say it out loud, but silently you're kind of above it all, right? Maybe not so silent. Maybe with your actions, you're wondering, like, you know, I'm, I'm above it all. I don't have to answer to anyone. I want to tell you about a guy I met. Um, I was in chapel in college. I think I've shared this story before. But this guy came in, and he was, like, 
on top of the world in ministry. Traveled, big deals, did concerts, spoke in front of thousands and thousands of people. And he did a lot of stupid things, really stupid things. And people would come up to him and be like, bro, like, I, I, I don't know if this is a really good move for you. That seems kind of foolish. Psh. Like literally, I remember he said, balance, schmalance. I remember him using that word as he was relaying some of these conversations. <laughs> what? I'm up here in the world. Who can bring me down? He didn't say those words, but that's what he was saying. A year later, not even a year later, we found out less than a year later, dude is busted. Serial adulterer in every city he went to, committing adultery on his wife. Embezzling funds, just as crooked as whatever. Stealing money. <whistles> Who will bring me down? Man's last words. Man's last words. You see, he thought that he was the highest. And if he was the highest, who can look down on him? Students, I'm here because I love you and I want to remind you that you are not the highest. You are not the most high. Some of you here are super gifted and talented and accomplished and intelligent. And you are heading in some tremendous places and I am proud to know you. But no matter how high you get, I need you to remember you are not the highest. There's someone higher than you. And if you forget that you don't answer to yourself, that you answer to God, you're going to be in trouble. Because Edom and us, we're this high. And we go, dude, who's higher than me? And God is looking down from the heavens going, you think you're high? That's cute. My son, he builds you know, blocks. He has those like, big Legos things. And he goes, Daddy, this is the biggest tower in the world. And I go, that's cute. That's super cute, right? He believes it. Daddy, I'm going to build a tower bigger than you. And it's like up to my knees. And he's like, it's bigger than you. And he like literally dares me to disagree with him, right? That's cute with toddlers. That's really unattractive in, in human beings, in adults. <laughs> when we build our life and we go, God, I'm the biggest. It's not cute. And so they ask, who will bring me down? And what they expected was silence and all. Who will bring me down? And they expected everybody to go, ooh, let's try that. Ready? Who will bring me down? They expected to hear ooh, but what they heard was way more terrifying because they didn't hear an answer from down here. They heard a booming answer from up here. And the answer said, I will, declares the Lord. Look at the last verse. Though you soar aloft like the eagle, though your nest is set among the stars, from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. And we see in our last verse here, those who forget the most high will be brought low. Those who forget the most high will soon be brought low. Guys, check it out. Edom, they thought that they lived among the stars because they made their, their little rock caves. They're about to meet the one who made the stars. Edom thought they were all that in a bag of chips because up there in their little loft, they saw eagles. You know, they go, wow, we're as high as the eagles. They are about to meet the one who made the eagle. Because when you forget the most high, you will be brought low. 
in their pride, they did whatever they wanted. And they said, who can stop us? And the answer in this book is clear. God will. God will. We look at evil and we wonder, what is God going to do about it? And students, the answer that we're going to see in the next four weeks is very simple. While we are here on earth wondering at evil, God is rising up in heaven. And so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at exactly what he does to avenge and defend his people. But before we get there, Max, you can come up with your team here. We're going to respond Before we get to the particulars of what God does to Edom, tonight, I want you guys to look at the heart of Edom. Tonight, I want us to see in Edom, not in Jonah, I want us to see in Edom a warning that pride and arrogance is dangerous. See, in our culture, pride, it's like a personality quirk. In our culture, pride is just your Enneagram. Pride is just your own bravado. Pride is your style. In a lot of culture, pride is actually admired. Oh, look at that guy. I want to be like him. He's arrogant. I need some of that confidence. No. Pride is the root of evil. Pride is the thing in in Edom's heart that made him blind to the reality that he is not God. And so if you are here tonight and you are feeling the Lord put his finger on pride in your heart, I'm calling you to respond. If you're here tonight and you realize, I need to have my prideful heart replaced with a humble heart, respond. If you're here and you look at the last few days of your life and you go, man, I I have been extremely arrogant and I've lost sight of who I am compared to who God is, then I need you to respond. And here's how you respond. You just confess. You you talk to one of your friends, you talk to one of your leaders, and you go, I'm going to be super honest with you, bro. I want people to admire me more than I want them to admire God. I want people to think much of me more than I want them to think much of God. I want the girls on my social media to think more of me. I want the boys in the class to think this of me. Confess your pride. Listen to the warning of Edom. And maybe you're in here and you're like, I'm not even a Christian. It's still the same message to you. You're not the highest. There is a most high. And unless you live your life for the most high, it won't end well for you guys. And so tonight we've seen the most high God, right? Who will destroy evil and he will destroy justice, but is so loving and gracious and merciful that he is willing to take your place and pay for the penalty of your sins. And so tonight let's come clean. Let's come clean and confess our pride to the one who we know will forgive us and change us and adopt us into his family and meet us with love and grace. Let's respond. So as I pray, as we sing, do some business with the Lord. You can take out your notes there and you can write a prayer to God. You can go and talk to a leader. You can talk to your friend, whatever you need to do to respond. But let's pay attention to this warning today as we see the Lord. Let's pray. 
Father, I thank you for, for your word, God. Obadiah, it's a, such a small book, we can easily overlook it, but Lord, you show us what you were like. You show us what we should not be like in many ways. So God, would you help us? We know that the only way over our pride is by confessing to you, by coming clean to Jesus Christ. God, if you were just a vengeful God who, who, who punished injustice and sin and evil, I would be scared to tell you my sin. Because I know, God, that I'm just as evil as Edom. I'm just as proud as them. But God, I can come to you boldly because you will forgive me. I come boldly, God, because you have grace for me. So please, Lord, forgive me for my pride. Exchange my prideful heart for a humble heart. Give me humility, Lord, in my words, in my mind, in my actions. Help me to live life in a way that I remember that you are the most high and I am not. We love you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.